Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. We're on episode number 18. Have you ever thought of Jesus as a storyteller? No? Yes? Well, you know, most people probably don't consider that aspect of his personality. However, he was one of the best storytellers you'll ever hear. All of us who tell stories can learn something from him. Now, we usually call his stories parables, meaning a story with a meaning behind it. Usually, the meaning would be a moral or religious lesson. Some have called the parables earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Jesus' parables usually contained multiple meanings, which can only be discerned with repeated reading and meditating, studying, and prayer, not to mention references back to other scriptures in the Bible to find other instances of similar types. Today, we're going to start listening to some of Jesus' stories. Some will be explained for us, some will not. We'll talk about some of them. Others we'll just present and leave for you to discover on your own. And we'll hear the stories of two miracles. And yes, you are listening to Jesus Stories, the podcast which tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm your storyteller. I'm George Taylor. And if you're new to this podcast, I urge you to go all the way back to the beginning. Check out our previous episodes. We're telling the story of Jesus in a chronological order, or as best as can be determined to be a chronological order. So what happens before today is important for understanding the events which we will describe in today's Jesus Story episode. This podcast is brought to you by you. It is your support which makes this podcast happen, so I encourage you to visit our website and check our show notes, or check our show notes, for a link to make your own donation to this effort. The website is jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. Then click on the Support This Podcast tab for the link to provide support. If you find this podcast valuable to you, please consider a monthly donation, say even a dollar a month, to help cover expenses. If you recall our last episode, Jesus was surrounded by some huge crowds. We were told that thousands of people had gathered around to hear his teaching, experience his miracles, or to seek healing. Today, Jesus goes to sit by the lake, the Sea of Galilee. Again, Jesus gets into a boat to push out a little way and teach the crowd standing on the shore. Remember, this is how he met Simon, who he now calls Peter. He begins with a story, a parable, and here's what he tells them. 
Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was thirty, sixty, even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus' disciples came to him and asked about this teaching through parables. Why do you use parables when you talk to people? Jesus responds that his disciples are allowed to hear about the kingdom of heaven and its secrets. Others are not. Those who listen to the teaching will receive understanding, but those who don't listen, what little understanding they have will be removed. In other words, some people are ready to hear this teaching and others are not. If you're ready, you'll understand the parable. If you're not ready, you wouldn't understand anyway. Then Matthew reminds us that this fulfills a prophecy about Jesus that was written by Isaiah some 600 years earlier. Isaiah wrote, Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are stupid. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But he continues, as he is talking to his disciples, your eyes and ears are blessed. Your eyes see, your ears hear. Prophets and righteous people from long ago wanted to see what you're seeing and to hear what you're hearing, but they did not get to do so. And then Jesus explains the parable of the farmer sowing seeds that he just told. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest, thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. This image of a sower or a farmer sowing or planting seeds would have been completely familiar to his listeners. I'm a city dweller, and I don't bump into this kind of situation often, but if you live in the country or you're a farmer, you'll recognize these truths as they are described. But Jesus doesn't stop with just one parable. He continues by telling another parable that is also agriculturally based. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. The original language tells us that the weeds will grow and look just like the good crop, the wheat, while it is young. 
When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where'd they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat in the barn. This parable has much of the same imagery as the first parable we just heard. But when Jesus is in the house with his disciples, they ask him to explain this parable too, and Jesus does. He explains that the farmer is the son of man, or himself. The field is the world, while the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The bad seeds, the weeds, are people who belong to the evil one, the devil or Satan, who is the enemy. The harvest represents the end of the world. The harvesters are angels. Then he puts these images together to explain the parable. The Son of Man will, at the end of the world, send his angels who will remove from his kingdom those who cause sin and do evil. Just as weeds are sorted out and burned, so these evil ones will be thrown into a fiery furnace. Those who are righteous will shine as the sun shines in the kingdom. Then Jesus says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In other words, pay really close attention. Then Jesus repeats a teaching, which we've already heard. Do you light a lamp and then put it under a basket or a bed? No, you put it on a stand so that its light will shine everywhere. Everything that's hidden will be brought out into the open. Secrets will be exposed to the light. Pay really close attention. What's he saying to him? This is, I think, really a charge to his disciples to go and tell his story. But if they are to do that, he warns them that they must pay really close attention to the story. As you listen closely, they will receive more understanding. And more understanding leads to even more understanding. But if you don't listen, what little understanding you receive will be removed. Then he switches back to the agricultural analogy again. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. That's me. I might watch something grow, but I really don't understand what's going on. The word of Jesus goes out, but I have no understanding how it matures. Jesus continues, the earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Staying with the agricultural theme, Jesus uses a mustard seed to illustrate the kingdom of heaven. That mustard seed is planted, even though it is the smallest of seeds, not the very smallest, mind you, but very tiny. It becomes one of the largest of garden plants. It grows so large that birds come and make nest in its branches. Then he tells them a cooking parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. That's another one we've heard before, too. 
And finally, he uses a couple of short parables to explain the value of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven, he says, is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Then he uses a fishing analogy, something that his fishermen disciples could wrap their heads around. The kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net. It's thrown into the water and scoops up fish of all kinds. When it's full, it is dragged up onto the shore, and the fishermen sit down and sort the good fish from the bad. The bad fish are thrown away. Jesus says that this is how it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. The wicked will be thrown into a fiery furnace. Then Jesus asks, do you understand these things? The disciples affirm that they do. Then he added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heavens is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. So Jesus, in the fulfillment of prophecy from the Psalms, teaches his disciples using these stories, these parables. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. You know, we might wish that he would teach us as well. That happens when we become more familiar with these stories, so reading and or hearing them repeatedly helps us to understand them. Jesus doesn't just use stories to spread his message, though. He's also a miracle worker, literally, and we'll take a look at a couple of these miracles in a moment. This podcast leans on you for financial support. Through your donations, we're able to cover the expenses needed to keep the podcast going. Uh, what kind of expenses? Well, they're the obvious ones, like access to the internet. There are computers and other equipment needed to record and edit the podcast, reference materials needed for research, and more. So, will you consider making a donation to keep this podcast alive? If you find it valuable to you, I invite you to visit the podcast website. That's jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab and then click on the Donate button. You'll be taken to a PayPal link to submit your support. You may even choose to set up a monthly donation. It all starts at the website, jesusstories.info. Then click on the Support This Podcast tab. And thank you for the support you will provide. We're going to look at a couple of miracles next. And in working these miracles, Jesus is affirming his authority from Jehovah God to claim what he claims, that he has come to us from Jehovah God. And remember, Jesus has been teaching the crowds around the Sea of Galilee. So he gives orders for a boat to sail to the other side of the sea. But a teacher of the law comes to him and says, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus' response is perhaps a little surprising. After all, Jesus is seeking followers, right? Jesus says, Foxes have dens to live in, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. In other words, Jesus says, I'm homeless, I don't have a home. Implied in the answer is the question, 
Are you ready to do the same? Are you ready to be the same? Jesus says to someone else, come on, follow me. The man says he will, but then he says he needs to go home to bury his father first. We're not told if the father is already deceased or just older. In this time, this man would have been responsible for seeing to his parents now and after they've passed. Jesus' response probably shocked the man. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. What? Jesus is telling the man that family obligations are not more important than following him. Another man told Jesus, Yes, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. Jesus' response, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, following Jesus means that you will not look back or turn back. Your work is ahead of you, not behind you. Finally, he and his disciples are able to get into the boat they had ordered to sail to cross the Sea of Galilee. They started out along with some other boats. Jesus goes to the back of the boat to take a nap. I'm sure he's tired. But a fierce storm arose. The Sea of Galilee, being situated among mountains, was known to have sudden storms come up. Perhaps this is one of those, or perhaps this storm has a supernatural force behind it. Some think that. It's not really known. We are told that the storm is strong enough that high waves were breaking into the boat. The boat begins to fill with water, and the disciples are afraid. Jesus was still sleeping in the middle of this storm. So the disciples wake him up, shouting at him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? The awakened Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and speaks to the sea. Silence, he says. Be still. The wind stops, and there is a great calm. Then Jesus speaks to his disciples. Why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? Ouch. These men have been sitting at the feet of Jesus as he has taught parable after parable. They've told Jesus that they understand what he's been teaching. Now they are afraid in the midst of the storm, even with the master, the God-man, Jesus, in the boat with them. The disciples are awed. Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey his command. They get to the other side of the lake. Jesus and his disciples are now in an area called the Gerasenes. This is not a Jewish area. It's Gentile or non-Jewish. As he climbs out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit runs up to him. This man was in horrible condition. He was naked and lived in a graveyard away from society. People had tried to chain him up, but the spirits inside him gave him the strength to break the chains and shackles. Nothing could subdue him. He wandered among the caves and hills, howling and even cutting himself with sharp stones. Jesus recognized this condition and issues a command. Come out of the man, you evil spirit. The man sees Jesus, runs up to meet him, and bows before him in worship. With a shriek, he screams, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. This is the demon speaking, by the way, not the man. Jesus demands to know the demon's name. The demon responds, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. 
Legion was a term for a Roman cadre of troops, 6,000 troops to be specific. Now, this man may have had 6,000 demons living in him, maybe not. The point is that there are multiple demons who have possessed this individual. The Spirit begs Jesus over and over again not to send them into some distant place. Note that while no one has been able to control these demons, they are cowering in the presence of Jesus. They know that he has power over them, so they beg him to send him into a herd of pigs which are feeding on a nearby hill. Jesus grants the request. The demons enter the pigs, all 2,000 of them, and the pigs run over a cliff and into the sea and drown. The keepers of the pigs run into town and told everybody about this incident. The crowd comes out to check the story, and there is Jesus and the formerly demon-possessed man sitting together. The man is clothed and totally sane. And with this, the people are afraid. They're so afraid they ask Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Jesus complies. As he is about to get into the boat, the formerly demon-possessed man begs Jesus to allow him to go with him. But Jesus says, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. And that is just what he did. The man went all over his region in what is called the Ten Towns or the Decapolis to tell his story. And people were amazed by it. And with that amazing story, we end this episode of Jesus Stories. Next time, Jesus will heal a dying girl, a bleeding woman, two blind men, and a mute man. And Jesus will go home, only to be rejected. That's the next episode of Jesus Stories. These Jesus Stories are sponsored by you. It is your contributions and donations which make this podcast possible. If you find these stories valuable to you, I invite you to visit the website, jesusstories.info, and click on the Support This Podcast tab to see how to donate using a PayPal account. If you prefer another way to donate, send me an email. That's narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. Narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. Jesus Stories can be found on any podcast player. I invite you to listen, rate, review the podcast wherever you listen. It helps other people find us. You can also reach out to us and comment on social media. Search for Jesus Stories, the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we're known as Jesus Stories Pod. You can find links for all of these services, including our YouTube channel on the website or in the show notes. JesusStories.info is the website. That's JesusStories.info. We'd love to hear what you think of these stories. How have they impacted your life? I'd love to hear back. See you in two weeks when we present our next Jesus Stories. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.